Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. If anybody else joins, I'm just going to watch over here on the side and let them in the room. But oh, I don't want to take a, you know, I want to start right on time because I realize it's totally different time zones for all of you. First of all, welcome. I am so, so, so excited about this. This is something that's been on my heart for a long time. And um, if this is new to you, I promise it's not as scary as it sounds, okay? And I have been in some mentoring groups before or coach, you know, like, um, what am I trying to say? Do you have, do you have to click for the mute to be off? Um, no, it should be off. You, I can't see your mic, Crystal. Your mic button is not showing up, so I'm assuming you're muted. Let me look up here and see if it says. No, I don't think you're. I don't. I can't hear you, so I think you're muted. You're good. Um, but yeah, when it's time to talk, I'll explain you how to um, unmute yourself. Okay. So basically, how this works is. Um, I'm going to just start and just kind of talk about some things. And then I am going to, there's a chat box. And if you look, if you, at the very bottom, you're I'm hoping it looks the same for you as it does for me. But when you hover your mouse towards the bottom of your screen, there should be like a, says invite, man, uh, oh wait, no, that's for me. Sorry. It's, there should be a chat somewhere at the bottom, or it might be at the top for you, but somewhere it says chat. And then when you click that, it looks like a, you know, like a, like a thought bubble kind of. And that is when you'll see where it says type of message. Some of you already found it because I'm seeing you typing. Um, and that is when in a little bit, if you would like to talk about something that is on your heart, then you can type it in the chat box and I'll unmute you. And then what's going to happen is I will give you um, some feedback. And but I'm also going to open the floor because it's not just about me. I want you guys to collaborate and get to know each other better. And so if you have feedback to give this person that's talking, maybe it's something that you can relate to or something you've experienced and you know, maybe you've just gone through as well, then I would love for you to say feedback or something like that. And I'll unmute you as well, or feel free to unmute yourself. The reason I didn't want everybody unmuted at the same time is because, um, it starts getting a little noisy and you can start hearing everything going on around you, you know, in your houses and things. Um, headphones for the win, by the way, you can't see mine because they're in ears, but, uh, but yeah. So, but yeah, if you have some advice to give someone in a little bit, once we get going, just unmute yourself or just type in the chat box. I have advice or uh, feedback or something like that. And I can unmute you too. Um, so yeah, with that said, I hope that makes sense. I want to start tonight by just, it's back to school time, okay? So as you guys know, Harmony is about your balancing, right? Your work and your home life. And so all of these overwhelming feelings, especially towards the beginning of the school year, whether you start in August, I actually know some teachers that start in July. Maybe your school hasn't started, but your professional development has started. Oh wait, someone else is trying to get in the room. Hold on just a minute. Let me make sure. Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Okay. Um, or you even start in September. Um, whenever your school starts, right now is the time where you're preparing. You're preparing lesson plans. You're preparing um, your classroom management plan. You're preparing seating charts, assessment. But you're also on top of that, you're starting to deal with, you know, some overwhelming feelings of, now I'm going to have to start balancing my work and home life again and things like that, okay? Um, and so this, I want you to know, is a safe place for you to feel like you can say anything that's on your heart or your mind because everyone in here, 
even if we can't relate to 100% of your story, I promise you that we have dealt with some of the same issues, okay? And so this is a safe place where you, I actually just got off a podcast interview. I just interviewed someone and she was talking about teaching on a cart. And um, I don't know if some of you follow, oh gosh, Elementary Music Matters is what her name is on Instagram, um, Tracy Stewart. But she was talking about teaching on a cart and it's overwhelming and dealing with negative thoughts and feelings that we go through and how to turn those into positive. And that's so hard. It's easier said than done. So that is what I want to mainly talk about tonight. But anything that's on your heart, please feel free to share. If there's something, maybe you watch in your classroom and it's in like total disarray, or maybe you got your schedule and it's like, wait a second, this is crazy. I want you to just feel free to talk about anything that you would like to, but there's also no pressure. Okay. So with that said, if you would like to be the first victim, <laughs> just kidding, the first person to talk, then just type in the chat box and say, I have something to share. I want to talk, anything like that. And I will unmute you and we will listen to you um, share with us. I'm reading over here. So I'm in my classroom right now. Did uh, can't talk. Justin is, yes, he is on the other side. He's not in the U.S. So it is the middle of the day for him. Oh, you can talk. Okay, so Justin, let me unmute you. Or do you want to unmute yourself? Yes. Awesome. Um, okay. All right. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, yeah. And literally my room. The kids start tomorrow. So ah, okay, <laughs> cool. You're building new classroom. It's, oh, uh, you it's, are? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't complain, but it's, uh, it, it is, yeah, that, all those things overwhelm and, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? Just anything that's on your heart right now? Um, I can just sort of quickly show you the room and yeah. uh, maybe get some ideas. and Like for uh, how to set it up and things? Possibly that. I mean, what I'll do is first thing is I can just literally show you and say, look, this is what it is and it's good and it's bad and blah, blah, blah. So, um, okay. <laughs> anybody, if you guys, you have any ideas too, please feel free to unmute yourself and give suggestions. Okay. Yeah. Um, bit of context. I, I work at a, oh, and I work in international uh, here in South Korea. So, um, some people say, oh, do you teach like spoiled kids? Like, um, um, yeah, these, these families are basically loaded. Um, mm. We get generous budgets and all of this stuff. So these are, people use the phrase, you know, first world problems. Like we, yeah, we have rich kid world problems. Um, so, so, I mean, yeah, look, I'm in a soundproofed room. I've been told I cannot put anything on any wall. I have no display board, cork boards, nothing. So I've just moved in this, um, this old uh, sort of whiteboard here portable whiteboard it's on you can't probably. decorate it at all that's what i've been told okay yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> i'm kind of yeah it, it's it sounds crazy and i'm okay still okay yeah we'll get into that in a minute um yeah i mean i'm trying to figure out a, the best view now i've got desks in here and i know most teachers would probably not have desks at all um i do want to have desks but i don't obviously want them crowding out the space mm -hmm. um trying to set them up so that I can squash them together quickly with kids' help so that they, you know, clear up more space. You know, and I've got this piano in the middle of the room, which is not even meant to be in this room. It's meant to be in another room. Yeah. So like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sort of standing here going, Oh, where was me? I'm overwhelmed. We've got too much to do. I mean, yeah, it's great. I'm in a new facility. 
got some new things coming in and, and all that, but it's just um, funny that we'd have this call timed right now. Like, literally this time tomorrow, I'll be standing in here, you know, dressed as a, <laughs> as you know, the way they get us dressed here, dressed very formally and, and with all the kids here and um, teaching my first music class in here on uh, Friday. Today's Wednesday, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So it's not yeah. question, it's just the like yeah. I'm in the middle of and here's the other thing, I mean, pretty much every other teacher in the building, you know, classroom teachers and music teachers and sorry, not music, art, science, whatever, they've all unpacked their boxes. I have literally got one or two boxes open but not unpacked. Because mm -hmm. I'm so I'm still trying to move furniture around. Um, I'm trying to unpack some of the instruments that didn't fit in boxes into some of the rooms next door. So okay. yeah. Um yeah. Okay. So questions, just kind of, I'm throwing some stuff out there and maybe people have questions or ideas. The biggest thing really is about the desks. I'm, I don't know if any other elementary teachers use desks in rooms. I've seen like a few. Um, yeah. I just wonder what people's thoughts might be on that. It depends. Yeah, it just depends. Oh, does any, who was that? If anybody has anything, oh, I heard someone unmute themselves. Okay. Um, so I want to ask right now if anybody has any suggestions on maybe you've dealt with this where you have new instruments coming in or new curriculum or new chairs or whatever it might be and you feel like your classroom's not quite ready to see students yet. Do you have any suggestions for Justin on how he can start getting his students in tomorrow and what he can do to not, he's feeling overwhelmed right now because wanting to set his classroom up, but also he's going to have his students. So Brenda asked in the chat, do you have any instruments? Um, yeah, quite a few. I mean, I've got some um, sort of about 10-ish um, xylophones and about 15 glockenspiels, and I've got more new ones coming. Um, yeah, a whole stack of keyboards. The keyboards I'm trying to keep out of this room um, because they take up so much space, so I'm going to keep them in some practice rooms next door and sort of switch some of the glass over to there. Um, yeah, so I definitely have instruments. So it's They're in boxes right now? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff in boxes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So this was like a last minute shift for you where you found out you were in a different classroom. Is that what happened? The school has, has just finished building a completely new building. Oh, gotcha. And it's so new that, that they're still touching up things here and there. There's still workmen walking in and out and doing things. So it's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. um, just that things were supposed to be done by the 20th of July, but really they only got finished last week. Mm. Um, all kind of moved in last week I mean the first official day that teachers were meant to be in was Monday three days ago uh, but I was in all of last week trying to get stuff done they only moved the boxes in last Friday um, oh wow okay so, so yeah what I'm saying is yeah people pe most other people managed to unpack um, their stuff but I haven't and um, yeah kind of Part, um, part of me saying, okay, to myself, look, I don't want to unpack things and just dump them in places and then end up moving them. So, I'm, you know, I don't want to rush to unpack. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm about what I do and um, just do, do things uh, well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just do a little bit at a time. Yeah. Don't overwhelm yourself. Focus on seeing those kiddos tomorrow and just, I mean, just explain to them. I'm sure they're aware of what's going on. But hey, you guys may notice my classroom looks a little different. <laughs> so just explain to them, like, you know, slowly over time, you're going to have it set up. You just need some time to do it. I mean, and, you know, your kids, they're yeah. kids. They'll understand. I'll throw in there, which I'm sure 
various people do quite well or, or still working on is, is just delegating to the kids. Um, like I was in, still in a membership of another sort of general teaching productivity course. And the big thing I learned from that is getting the kids on board to do the jobs because um, various schools would run it differently. But essentially, I don't have anyone else to help me. And, mm-hmm. and in this size and budget, normally they would have like, you know, an assistant or someone, whatever. So, but, you know, last year I started to do that, started to get, um, you know, whatever I call them, kid leader of the class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Volunteers would come at lunch just to help set up things and move things around and sort through music. And um, so I'm trying to do that again this year, but just try to do it so much more uh, at another another level. So anyone, maybe not even today, but just, just wonder what other people might have done in terms of getting their kids help both during the class like i guess part of routines procedures but also you know like lunch times or break times or things like that somebody jump in and tell us your what do you have your students do during music class wise do you give them jobs do you have different leaders of the week what i would love to hear that too and because every elementary music class is different so what do you do within your classroom do you have a system when you teach kids procedures for having different, you know, handing out instruments, you're the line leader, you're passing out the lunch cards or whatever. Um, Somebody unmute yourself and if you feel comfortable, would you tell us what you do in your classroom with that? Autumn, you wanna go? Let me see, let me see if I can unmute. Oh, she did it, okay. Hi, Autumn. Hi, Um, I only see my students for 25 minutes every other day. So when my students come, we, we start because oftentimes with transition time and teachers being late to drop off or pick up their kids, I've got maybe 17 good minutes to teach. So we just have to get in and get right to work. And we have to have, it's really important for my kids to have and um, like an entering the classroom procedure and an exiting the classroom procedure. And in my classroom for seating, we have flip form risers. Mm-hmm. And we have procedures for when we use those. We don't sit there every day. Uh, sometimes I just like to put my kids on the floor in a circle. Sometimes that's where I can get the most done. Um, but just structure based on where your students are sitting is the most important for me because I have such a little amount of time to teach them. So get in, know what you're supposed to do and get to work. Ah, that is a, so you see them every other day. I do. Okay. Wow. Uh, Do you like that? I mean, I guess you don't have much of a choice, right? (laughs) Yes and no. Art and library get, 50 minutes in a row, but they only see their kids every four days. Okay. Um, I just try to do the best with what I've got. I wish I had maybe 30 minutes every Mm -hmm. other day. That would be a little better, but I'll take 25. (laughs) Yeah. So do you, do you give your students any kind of jobs in the music room? I don't because there's not time. So rushed. Gotcha. Um, I try to honor the classroom teachers. Like if they have, line leaders or a caboose or a line jumper or I don't know a silent helper like I try to honor the classroom teachers in the jobs they have put in place in their classroom but because of time constraints I don't always get to let those kids do their job um and sometimes they're not honest about their job hey I'm the line leader no I'm the line leader so it 
it's a measure of honesty on their part. <laughs> that happens so many times where they conveniently forget just from walking from their classroom to you. <laughs> who is the line leader that day. It's a, you know, crazy how that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like what you said about honoring what the classroom teacher does, because then it's not so much stress for you trying to create jobs, but you kind of just tailgate on what they're already doing. And it's actually an easy transition too, because you know, it's consistent. They're doing it in the regular classroom. And then when you're carrying it over in music and then back to them, then the kids are like, Oh, cause I remember trying to do a line leader and then I was like, you're doing this job, this job, just, but then it got too confusing for the kids because they're like, Oh wait, why am I the line leader here, but not there. So yeah, I think that's a good, just carrying on what, and usually they're good about telling you, but like you said, there's, I find it with the younger grades. It's usually the grades that's like, we don't know who's what. <laughs> I teach um, 12 classes a day. Oh, wow. So if I were to keep track of that for 12 different classes, I might go crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. so I just try to use what the classroom teachers have in place. And that kind of gives me more trust with them. If they know that I allow the same jobs in my room as they do in their room, um, the kid feels more ownership in their position. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like what you said about seating. I think, Honestly, I've seen desks, tables, risers, sit spots, carpet, nothing. Um, I think chairs. I think it's honestly what you're comfortable with. And I like that you said sometimes you'll use the risers and sometimes you have them sit on the floor. And I think it just depends on maybe what you have planned that day. I, personal opinion, I like having a lot of open space. I like having a lot of space for the kids to move and um but I also know my very first year teaching, I had walked into a situation where I had desks and I didn't like it, but my principal kind of looked at me and nice way of saying it was like, deal with it. And I looked back at her like, all right, because I needed this job. And so um, I had to just work with what I had. And I think sometimes that's what happens. They're like, this is what you have. And then you're looking back at them like, but I think even if you are given tables or desks, there's creative, you know, there's a lot of learning that can take place there too. So does, um, does anybody else, so with the risers, let me ask you before you asking this question, how do you determine when they're sitting on the risers versus sitting on the floor or does it, does it just depend on the lesson you have going on? Depends on the activity and uh, whether or not I want to get on to my students for jumping off the back of the risers because no matter how many procedures I have in place about entering and exiting, there's always going to be a kid that leans backwards and uh -huh. you know I'm just waiting for that head to bust so they think oh I shouldn't do that maybe I should listen right yeah that's true um yeah risers are always just one of those you want them in the room to practice for programs but then you have to roll them back and forth it's just ugh, it's a thing okay I'm looking at the comments let's see Brenda said I was thinking about doing that and putting one number for the helper of the day I was talking about you um Oh, talking about, Brenda, are you talking about continuing with the classroom teachers? One number for helper of the day. Oh, talking about getting a helper of the day in the music room if they're, okay, so she means even if they're not the helper in the regular classroom, just still having a helper of the day, a music room helper. Yeah, that's something you could do that's separate from the regular classroom is still having a music room helper, definitely. Um, 
And Justin said, I've used the seating plan to assign tasks so the kids in a row or part of the circle will do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah, your seating chart definitely is a good way to like look at it and say, I need kid A, B, C to do this, this, this. And it's another, that's a great way to learn the kids' names as well. Do you have anything you want to talk about while you're on here, Autumn, that's causing overwhelm or stress for you as you go into the school year? Or have you started school? I start school on Thursday. Okay. So I, I'm you feeling, feeling, you feeling good. Yeah, I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel pretty good right now. Okay. Um, in the beginning, it's a lot of getting everybody accustomed to the schedule, so it's lots of flexibility. Um, so just roll, roll with it. Go with the flow for a few days, and then really focus on procedures and expectations next week. I like to do. A movement and a get to know you activity the first day and given 25 minutes that's all I have time for so yeah, yeah. got to kind of be creative with what you have like your schedule you're given I've seen a lot posted in the Facebook group too about schedules and everybody's is different it, you're gonna see your kids different amounts of times different days different and it's frustrating sometimes because you don't have a say in it and so mm -hmm. I mean I don't know I guess there's really not a, a, like what's harder seeing them a very short amount of time or these teachers that I've seen in the Facebook group having these crazy schedules and some of y'all might be in here and if you are I would love for you to chime in um but yeah just dealing with the overwhelm as you go back and let's talk about practicing procedures does anybody want to jump in and talk about how you practice procedures with your kids at the beginning of the school year I know this is a question that's asked a lot do you start right away with just going over procedures and talking about it do you teach the procedures as you go and do it musically. Um, I would love to hear about how do you start the school year off? Like that's a, that's a great way to talk about. Um, Justin says, I prefer to do it musically as we go. Anybody feel free to unmute yourself and just talk about procedures that you do with your kids. How do you introduce things? How do you go over the rules? Um, what I find a lot as music teachers is, and which you all can relate to this is, you see a lot of the students you know, you know, you see them year after year. So a lot of them are familiar with the procedures you have in your classroom. But you're always gonna have new students or sometimes you're gonna to wanna to change things up or like Justin, you're in a new classroom. And so how do you do procedures? How long do you go over them? When do you reintroduce them? I would love, let's talk a little bit about that. Or feel free to unmute yourself and talk about anything that is causing overwhelm to you as you start the school year. Anybody want to go? You can comment in the, um, uh, what's it called? Chat box. Wow. can't remember what it's called. And I'll unmute you if you would like to jump in and talk. Anybody else? Well, Autumn, do you have anything else? Um, I like to teach procedures kind of as we go. In the past, I've done it, everything on the first day. And I lose my voice that way. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm doing it 12 times in a row and then I do the same 12 things the next day as well. So I like to do it as we go and talk about it as it relates to whichever activity we're doing, whether it be a circle game or um, reading a piece of music, just talking about those things as we go, kind of like Justin said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of times too, if you cover everything, hey guys, this year we're gonna be singing and doing instruments and doing movement. And when we work on a program, and this is what I expect for all those things, they're not gonna remember by the time you get to those 
things, those, you I know. To, I like to reinforce them as, um, as we get to a different class period or give a reminder. And that's where it's helpful that I see my students every other day so that they can get those reminders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, Ooh, I love following the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Good Justin, you want to unmute yourself and talk about that a little bit? Where are you? I'm trying to find you up here. Oh, I see you. Unmute. There. Did that work? Uh-oh. Oh, wait, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, the button is weird. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I really like, I think that's what Autumn's saying, you know, well, 25 minutes and really down to 17 minutes. That's kind of crazy. But if it's every other day, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, just on that quickly, I, I remember reading, I think it was Kadaya Dalcros or someone trained in one of those areas. It was like, ideally, you'd see your kids 10, 15 minutes every day. And it's like a full 10, 15 minutes plus I guess transition time. Anyway, we're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, and I do have, I have some year five and year six classes where we'll see 30 minutes twice a week. So uh, that's something, but, but regardless of whether I see them 60 minutes or 30 minutes, I really do want to maximize that time. Um, and I know in the past, what I really like to do is right from the get go, you know, lining out in the corridor, getting them to, sometimes it can be a matter, you know, follow me. I, and mm -hmm. I try not to give them the instructions verbally, unless, you know, sometimes they're, they need it but but usually if they can just start following me because then it's you, you're rather than telling them you're showing them and getting them to to do that you know to follow the leader um and then maybe to walk in the room and this can all be done again without saying anything you just like point in the room maybe draw a circle they can sit down in a circle uh, sometimes the challenge is to a fun challenge is to see how long i can teach them without saying anything oh. i might think to them or i might um you know, um, and I mentioned there about with sound and then silence. So, so it might be a matter of follow me, and then I might break it down to to doing still doing actions but in complete silence, and then bring them to a stop. Then maybe um, you know, as as the weeks go on and they get used to it, you know, pointing them, pointing volunteers or picking people as leaders. Um, but again, all all to to um to tie together routines like one of the cool things i think as music teachers is that we can teach these rules or teach these routines and procedures by doing them and singing them and moving them and acting them out not just saying all right now you have to line up at the door and now you have to sit in a circle and now every i mean a lot of last year i, I would say everybody's standing up everybody's sitting down and of course later on you can point that out say, oh did you notice the pitch was rising the pitch was falling you know um, one great thing I do for getting attention is five, five, four, three, two, one, stop, look and listen. So they go, stop, look and listen with the older kids and turn it into a bit more of a jazzy thing because they thought it was not cool. So five, four, three, two, one, stop, look and listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a great fun thing. Um, and with the really young kids, it, you know, they, they, they actually do action. Stop, look and listen. And of course I could change the tempo to five, four, three, two, one, stop, look and listen. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's just some of the ideas I've used and sort of I'll be trying to build on this year. Um, yeah. As Autumn says, and I think as we all try to do, is just really, really trying to integrate things so that we're not going to pick up more time through explaining it, but rather than just just showing it and, and doing it. Yeah. 
No, I love that. Sorry, I'm listening. I'm typing a message to someone real quick. Um, yes, I love that. I love that because, yeah, it gets monotonous when the kids, they've already gone over the procedures in the regular classrooms. And so by the time they get to you, of course, you have to go through the procedures, but making a musical and also, you have to think about your different learners, the different ways they learn, and you're going to have the kids who are the kinesthetic, but also visual, um, and, you know, and you're going to have the kids who are like, they can't sit still and focus on one more procedure to save their life. They're just like, I'm done with this. <laughs> so making it more interesting, and I love that because then you, you will, um, uh, like, I like that you said that you can turn it into, hey, did you hear what we did? We turned that into a melody moving up. That, did you see that stepped up right there? Oh, I didn't realize that. So that's a great way to present that. I love that. Um, okay, I'm going to, do you have anything else to add, Justin? Just quickly on that. I mean, like with, yeah. with the melody, so in fact, with the five, I'll just pick the five, four, three, two, one, but this applies to all the other instructions I give. Body you know, mm -hmm. sitting down, um, et cetera. So um, whatever philosophy you use, but usually what I would do is then, um, so establish the five, four, three, two, ones, they get used to that. Then I might just do the gestures and they have to respond silently. Um, then I might also sing the numbers, uh, sorry, not sung the numbers, sing the sol, so fa, mi, re, do, or even just show them pitch signs. Um, so you're mixing it up like that. And then, then you're killing three, two or three birds with one stone with the procedures and then the sol, fa, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Does anybody else do a um, cover procedures musically like that with singing or even like you said, non-verbally where they have to, that's a great way. I love that because you that's a great way to see what students are paying attention and who's on task when you're presenting it non-verbally because I love whenever you're doing something and when you're doing something quietly and all of a sudden you see the kid that was talking or moving around and then they all start looking around the room like, Oh, everybody's quiet but me. Okay. <laughs> but I love that. Um, okay. Autumn says, I keep track by jotting down how far each of my classes got in a certain lesson. I try to keep everyone on the same schedule, but sometimes I'll get behind with some classes. I know that some teachers number their lessons with a certain unit and rank them in order of importance. Autumn, I'm going to unmute you and let you explain that. And then, and then Nicole, I'm going to unmute you after Autumn and let you ask your question so you can get some feedback about that. Or Autumn, you can unmute yourself too. That would be easier. There you go. I have, like, my lesson plans. I'm old-fashioned. I write pen and pencil. Um, I have, like, a five. I wish I had it with me, but I don't. Um, just a five-day, five-weekday schedule, just all out on two pieces. And I'll do the same lessons Monday and Tuesday because I'll see all – of a grade within two days. And then I go on to the next lesson. If I don't get so far in, let's say one of my third grade classes, I will make a note in pencil, hey, I need to hit this part of my first lesson before I go on to the next lesson and make sure they've grasped that material before I add new stuff in. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really important to me to try to stay on track, like I teach all third grade classes that lesson, lesson one. Okay, now I move on to lesson two. Um, part of, I just like having everything the same, everything 
smooth flowing. I know it doesn't always happen like that because of um, activities and uh, like, what are they called? Assemblies uh, where yeah. we pulled out a music class sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that it happens, but I just, I like to make sure everyone is getting the entire lesson before moving on to something else. Yeah. Um, and I see, I guess within a month, I would see three, a class 10 times if there's five days in every week. So I'll have 10 lessons in September that I want to teach. Um, and I'll bleed them over into October if I don't get all 10 September lessons. But I want to make sure I hit the ones that are important before I add any extra. Yeah, no, I love that. I love, I'm the same way. I, it's very hard when you have a class that seems like they keep getting ahead because mm -hmm. sometimes the schedule falls that way, whether they're, you know, an assembly or they're out for a field trip, it seems to be the same class that, and then the other ones just keep getting further ahead. But yeah. usually, so another thing that you could do, and you, I don't know if you've done this, where if you do notice a class or classes are getting ahead of maybe, you know, third grade, for instance, do you maybe like cut down on the lesson you have planned with that class that's getting ahead until the other one catches up a little bit? Or how do you, how do you do that? I like to add a little bit of enrichment for those classes that get ahead and maybe give opportunities for um, flashcards and partner work um, so that they don't get too far ahead. I more struggle with classes getting behind mm -hmm. because of behavior. Gotcha. Because I will never have four third grade classes that are all incredibly well behaved. No. <laughs> how their classroom culture is and make sure I'm fitting in my standards for that unit. Right. Yes. So behavior. I want everybody to hear this. It is something that happens to every single music teacher, every teacher, um, no matter what subject you teach. And it is it, you just have to accept it. I hate it to say it that way, but I mean, it's just something that comes along with you being a teacher. It's going to come and yes, and then it puts you behind in teaching because you're sometimes going to have to stop and deal with certain issues that come up because I've noticed, I don't know if anybody else wants to jump in with this, but I have noticed with, if you try to keep teaching, if there's behavior issues going on, you cannot stop class, especially like you said with your schedule, you see them like this much. And so you can't stop a full class period to deal with, you know, one child all the time. But let's say the whole class is off that day. If you continue trying to teach the lesson you had planned, they're not going to be listening to you and you're not going to be able to extend the lesson or continue it the next time you see them. If you, you know, if it's like, like, for instance, let me give an example. If you have a class that comes in after recess and there was something that happened out there before they even came to music class that has nothing to do with you and you're just trying to continue, you know, going over that, like trying to teach the lesson, ignoring that issue that came in your room. Mm -hmm. I've noticed it just doesn't go very far. The kids are kind of like shooting eye daggers across the room at each other. They're not really like listening to you because you just have to sometimes stop and sometimes it just takes five minutes. Hey, you guys, I don't know what's going on in here today. You know, if it's a whole class issue, that's when I'm talking about stopping. And we need to deal with this. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to embarrass anyone, but can we have a class discussion? And a lot of times it's something super simple, like little Johnny stole the basketball or whatever. And then, you know, like, let's apologize. Let's move on. And then you can teach your lesson. So, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen that with behavior? Yeah, I get classes right after lunch or recess and they bring their 
you know, issues from there to my class and I say, okay, we're going to hang out by the door. When you guys figure out how you're going to resolve this, then we're going to start class uh -huh. or then you're going to be welcome to come to the rug or sit down. Um, I, I hate bleeding it over into class time, but it does. Happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It happens in a lot of times next time you see them. It doesn't happen. And so it's kind of like a balance. It's a balancing act of how much do I deal with this and how much do I just move on? <laughs> I think you'll just be able to decide for your students. All right, Nicole, I'm going to unmute you and let you talk to us about your schedule you were talking about. So let's see if this works. Okay, you should be unmuted. Okay, hi. Um, we just got our schedules today and they are insane. <laughs> so some, some grades we have three classes, some grades we have four classes. Uh, so we have, you know, most, we try to alternate so we can see everyone as much as possible. But then, you know, we've got four day weeks. We've got, like they were talking about assemblies. We have all kinds of other stuff. But I'm just worried about keeping track of all these classes and kind of um, figuring out where we're at as far as, you know, in the curriculum. And I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just really confusing so right now. Not, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a consistent schedule. It's not like a, I see, you know, the same rotation of kids on a week and then B week. You're saying yeah. it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. The administration is having us, you know, as like the little specials team come up with the alternating schedules. They're brand new. The administration is new. So they really don't know what's going on. Mm. Plus give the, the gym teacher enough minutes because the, there's a certain number of minutes required by the state. So now they're talking about revamping the whole thing and going to where they're going to PE every day. And then we'd end up with 30 minute classes. So like oh, the administration wow. doesn't even. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I'm just uh, wondering how to, how to, I guess, kind of just keep track of each class. If anyone has a good system of, of keeping up with, who is where, you know, who's where in the curriculum so that I'm not repeating things or going too fast or um, just getting off schedule. Does anybody want to jump in and, and um, anybody have any insight about that that wants to jump in and I'll go, but I'm going to wait a second. Let's see. Okay, well, let me just go ahead and um, start. So, Nicole, how many... Here, let me get, I'm going to get a pen real quick because I want to write this down. That's okay. Yes, this is, this is just, oh, Brenda. Okay, Brenda unmuted herself. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you go. Um, last April, I had a crazy schedule because for testing, the, um, we go on a three-day from a four-day rotation, but sometimes the kids would be testing, so then they wouldn't be there for music, and it was not nearly as bad as what Nicole's facing, but it was really confusing. So literally I printed out my lesson plans and would take notes as to how far I got on that lesson. And then, um, and then, but then the next week's lesson plans, I would staple to that week's. Um, and I literally would look and take notes on that one. And sometimes I had three lesson plans stapled together, but I could flip to wherever I was um, in that class. Um, okay. That's the only way I was able to keep track. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, does that help you a little bit, Nicole? Yeah, uh, that makes sense, just making the notes in the in the plan itself. Um, yeah. 
is a good idea. Yeah, I'm all about pen and paper. I mean, obviously technology is great, but honestly, I've even been known to just jot down notes on a class list and, or, or the lesson plans you have in front of you. And just, I mean, obviously you know how to read your writing better than anyone. You know, I know if someone looked at my scribble scrabble, they'd be like, I don't know what that says, but you know, just making a little note to the side of, um, covered this warm up or I covered this song. This, this class got to do the instruments. This one did not, they got to do movement activity. And then like, um, Autumn was talking about those classes that you feel like are getting a little further ahead then you can do, you know, some kind of enrichment activity where maybe that you're, you're letting that class play a game that makes sense to go with that lesson. And the other class is doing that less, the rest of the activities to kind of catch up. And so they're not getting too far ahead and they're not getting too far behind. I hope that's okay. making, it makes sense in my head, but I don't know if it's making sense how I'm explaining it to you. I think so. Yeah. So, does anybody else have any advice about that? for Nicole about, have you ever dealt with a crazy schedule like that? Cause this is something I have not, I've always had like a, I mean, I've had like crazy class times, but it's been like a week, B week or something simple. I've never, I, I feel for you guys that I keep seeing you posting about these schedules and you're right. Administration just does not get it. They don't a lot of times, unfortunately, it's not like they don't respect what you do, but it is about covering plan time for the regular classroom teachers and it's it's about I don't even know how they look and decide that's that's a good idea the schedule they have but can you and maybe could you I have a pen and paper ready now can you break down like how many of each grade level how many classes of each grade level you have and about like how many times you'll be seeing them that'll help my brain to help you a little bit okay um let's, I have three pre-k classes um so we're just gonna try to alternate those um i have three pre-k three kinder and three third grade classes and there those will be on their own special schedule schedules where we alternate the three and then i have um first grade second grade and fourth grade I have four classes, so we'll see um, see two of them twice a week, um, and then or three of them twice a week, and then the the fourth one I guess we'll see three times a week. I think. Oh my gosh! Um, but that but that fourth one will will vary also. Okay. You know, class will be okay so first thing I want to tell you is I know this is overwhelming which would be for anybody um so when do you start school um we start next Wednesday okay so the first thing honestly that I would that I'm gonna tell you is to just start okay I feel like once you get into the school year it looks confusing on paper and it does to me too. I just wrote this down and I'm like, uh, but I feel like once you kind of just get started and like Brenda suggested, keep those lesson plans up there with you, you know, the paper version and uh -huh. write notes down. And the more I feel like you do that, you're going to start, 
you know, maybe like as you're in week two, week three, week four, wherever you are, you're going to start kind of seeing a pattern and it's going to kind of help you visualizing. This is usually the class that gets behind. These are the classes that I see more. So they are always a little bit ahead. And so then you can start figuring out how to kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, alter your lesson plans a little bit to let those classes you see more then you don't schedule as much with them. You schedule more. Maybe you do more centers with those classes where, or if you're not comfortable doing that, that's fine. Maybe that is the classes you do more, like we said, music games or some kind of music enrichment activity or some kind of smart board activity or some kind of technology. And not that the other classes don't get that, but they're just maybe not as often because they, you're still wanting them to get what the other classes have already gotten. But I really honestly feel like once you kind of get into the school year and you get going, then you'll start, what you're seeing on paper now will start making more sense to you as you see the classes physically coming in, if that makes sense. It'll start, I think you're just going to, you're just going to start figuring out your own system and kind of what, what works for you. And yeah, it's crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. This looks overwhelming when you look at it. But I do think that you, like Brenda said, don't be afraid to staple last week's lesson plans to the new week's lesson plans and then say, but, you know, okay, like, for instance, this uh, first grade class, if you staple it to that class, then you know that they need to extend or maybe you put an X through the part of the lesson they don't need to do or circle the part they do need to do. And then the other first grade class, if you don't staple the lesson plan to it, then you know that they're just doing that week's lesson plan. But so don't overwhelm yourself. Okay. Give yourself grace. If it ends up where these fourth, I mean, first grade classes aren't doing the exact same thing from the start of class time to the end of class time, because it's just not possible for you because you're seeing some of them more times a week than the other ones. That's okay too. It's okay if they all don't do the same songs. It's okay if they all end up not doing the same folk dance. That's okay. Remember, the goal here is to teach them music and to cover the objectives the best you can. And if if it ends up not aligning, you know, that's a lot of that's not on you. It's your schedule that you were given. So give yourself grace. So I hope that helps you a little yeah. bit. Anybody? Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Let me look at these comments and see what other people are saying to you, too. Let's see. Um, okay, Brenda says she also kept a list of filler ideas. Yes. Um, and that that's isn't. Yeah, did you see in the Harmony Hub that's in there now too? Hmm. Where did I put that? I think it was under month one lesson plans. There was a, a, a list of 20 filler ideas that you can do with your music students. So if they do have extra uh -huh. time, yeah, okay. And there's a, a, other amazing ideas out there too. Um, let's see. Okay. Do you have any other questions or anything else you want to talk about related to that or anything else while I have you unmuted? Um, no, I don't think so. That was my, my biggest question so far. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, let me know if you have anything else or post in the Facebook group too. Okay, thank you. All right, awesome. Um, Crystal asked, how far ahead is everyone planned for lessons? Um, Crystal, do you want me to unmute you? There is no pressure, but would you like me to unmute you and you can ask your question? It's sometimes easier if you can. Oh, awesome. Hi. 
Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been looking over the great lesson plans that you've had on, you know, the Harmony website. Um, I've been looking at teachers, paid teachers, and all that stuff. I still haven't quite written down all the lessons that I plan to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking whether or not should I do, like, the whole entire quarter, the first couple of weeks, and see how it goes. Um, what, what do you guys think? With how far, how far out to plan your lessons? Like, how far out, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you plan, like, let's say, I would say a good starting point is two to four weeks. Two to four weeks. Okay. But here's the thing is no matter how far out you plan, you Mm -hmm. can always, if you get past two weeks, for instance, you can say, this isn't working. This isn't the direction I want to go. And the cool thing is, is you can always change it up. Okay. It's what's, what you're comfortable with. But honestly, the further you plan ahead, Mm-hmm. overwhelm you'll feel because then you know you're not sitting there planning every week and um but yeah get to know your students a little bit get to know their strengths get to know how many years have you been at your current school so uh this can be my very 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 first year teaching so gotcha. um, okay that's right yeah. that's right yeah yeah um and the teacher that was there before me she just retired for from doing 30 years at the school so um and they just, it's a newly built school, so it's about two years old. So I am, I'm very blessed that um, it being also my first teaching interview mm-hmm. that I actually got the job. So it's just, uh, I'm excited, but uh, a little nervous at the same time, because uh, I just, I just want to be the best for my kids. Oh, of course. And, and see them. So I just want to be the best I can be for them. So. Yes. Well, I can tell you uh your first year teaching, it is overwhelming. I know all the volunteers. Yeah, I know. And I know that, I mean, everybody in this call right now, and everybody that's going to be watching the replay, um, there's several new teachers in Harmony, by the way. Mm-hmm. And even the people in Harmony that are not new teachers have been a new teacher at some point. Mm-hmm. And I have heard a lot of their stories. And I'm telling you that I love, first of all, let me say this, that you are already thinking ahead. And you're already, I can tell you're very passionate about going in and, but thinking ahead of time about how many lessons should I have planned is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of first year teachers are just, I mean, let's just be honest. I was a frazzled mess. It was stressful. And so <laughs> you're, um, but like I said, take the time to get to know your students. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have a plan, have a general plan of like, I want to do this. This is kind of where I think I went ahead with this. This is kind of like the flow I see going on, but if you, you have to learn your students and just because a teacher was there for 30 years before you, you don't know what they're, I mean, did you meet them or do you know anything about? Um, No, I haven't, I haven't met her uh, personally. I just, I just um, found out at the time of the interview, like what was Mm -hmm. the reasons why the other teacher was leaving? They're like, oh, you know, it's just because she's retiring. I'm like, oh, well, great. So it was on good terms. So (laughs) yeah, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And then, um, and also coming into this, um, I have mentioned during the um, Facebook thing of asking this, I'm going to be kind of co-teaching with the other teacher. She's teaching all of kindergarten and the um, first half of first grade. I'll be teaching the other half of first grade all the way up to fourth grade. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have dealt with co-teaching 
at all. Um, I'm going to meet, actually, we set up a time to meet each other next week to have lunch and like touch base and see where we're at with what goals we want for our students this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's amazing that you're meeting to mm-hmm. at least. And it's okay to have different teaching styles and it's okay to not have the same lessons planned. Um, but yeah, being on a general plan of like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And it will, will it tie into what I'm doing? I think that's great. You're meeting each other because that's honestly, I've never co-taught, but having that resource in your building to someone to be able to plan with and bounce ideas off of and collaborate with is going to be, I feel like a good asset for you, especially your first year teaching. Right. Right. Also confusing at the same time, kind of, cause it's, you're not used to having someone to share music right. with. So <laughs> like having like your mentor there, like observing you and like giving you pointers is totally different when you're like both on the, the same level. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Well, now what I was going to say about you following um, a teacher retiring mm-hmm. is you will get some points in the school year where your kiddos are going to say, miss blah, 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 did it this way or mm-hmm. So you're going to, I just want you to know ahead of time, you're going to hear those comments. But the other thing I wanted to say is, even though she's retiring, I don't know this person from Eve. So, but I just wanted to say that it doesn't mean your students are going to be where you want them because different teaching styles, different teachers. And so um, what I mean by that is if you expect your fourth and fifth graders to be at a certain place and you know, all these things and you're planning to do like a lot with them. Right. Maybe they're not at that point because maybe she had a totally different teaching style than you. So that's what I meant by learn your students first. Right. Right. Kind of see where they're at mm-hmm. and you'll be able to know like, okay, I can do more with them or I need to kind of, we need to like go back to basics a little bit to, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would love for anybody to, oh gosh, Brenda said, I heard Mrs. Olson always did a million times last year. Yes. <laughs> it's, and it's true. And you have to just kind of like let that go in one ear, not the other because yep. they're not meaning any, the kids aren't meaning anything no offense by it. You know, they're just their kids. They yeah. say a lot of things that we're all like, <laughs> but who I would love anybody to jump in. And um, if you have any advice about if you've co-taught or to offer, I would love to offer Crystal any advice about her first year of teaching and with scheduling lessons or anything like that, please feel free to unmute yourself because I would love for you guys to, yeah, just share. Okay, Justin. Yeah. Um, I mean, congratulations on, on being in your first year. And I, don't know, um, I guess I, I've tried to like crystallize. <laughs> oh, don't trust me. I get it all the time. <laughs> tried, tried to like really come up with a simple phrase for my teaching philosophy. And it's, and it's this in three words. And there's obviously a lot more detail, but sing better songs. Because a music teacher, the Kadai and Dalcro's sort of interest and background, like for me, it comes down to singing. So that's the first thing I'd say. I mean, and I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just saying work out, you know, and this will, be, this will evolve, but work out what works best for you. What is it that you want to focus on? You know, you will not be the same teacher as your co-teacher, and that's great. <laughs> things... You can even approach the same song a different way. You know? And speaking of songs, I said sing better songs. Because for me, it's about picking the best quality songs I can get. I mean, um, Jessica says this, most great music will recognize it. You know, getting the right repertoire, getting the right the right activity. But it boils back down to the songs. The songs that gel with you, gel with your kids. Sometimes you get songs given to you. Like 
um, there were events last year where the dance teacher would pick a song. And I was thinking, I don't know if I would have picked that song because it was too high of course or whatever. It still worked out in the end. Um, but, but yeah, just, I guess so one or two key things there is work out what, what works best for you and, and the best songs you can get your hands on. And don't be afraid to ask other people for song ideas. The best song ideas I've got sometimes come often come from other people. Websites or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, find your teaching style, which it takes a while. It takes time. And that's okay. And honestly, sometimes it'll change. And you're like, I thought I was going to be this kind of music teacher, but I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards this way. And that's okay. And honestly, with each and every class you get, your teaching style is going to be a little bit different with each class, too because it has to be different personalities are in there, different mm-hmm. needs, different strengths and weaknesses. And, um, but yes, ask as many questions. I promise you we're here for you. That's what we're all here for is to support each other. And so any questions you have, feel free to ask in harmony um, the Facebook group, email me anytime um, and ask anything else you have right now as well. If you have any other questions you have, I know you probably have so many swirling in your head, but <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Um, just, uh, just a little side notes, just to add to the excitement I'm going to be having this year. I am going to be a first time mom. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. First, first year teaching and going to be first time mom. So when's the baby due? Yeah. Yeah. So when's the baby due? Uh, February. Oh, okay. So during the school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you told your principal yet or anything? I have, yeah. I have okay. told her. Um, and so if anyone has any suggestions for, like, long-term subbing, like, feel free to, like, on the Harmony Facebook to let me know. Because um, I'll, be, I'll be asking. <laughs> I'll be reminding you guys, like, hey, it's getting close to this time. Um, any other suggestions? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so when I had my oldest son, I, he was born in March mm-hmm. and I left so many sub plans, so many, gosh, like I didn't know the long-term sub coming in. And so mm-hmm. I, I just assumed, I didn't know if they were a music person or not. So I just mm-hmm. went with the, they're not going to be a music person. So, right. and I don't do a lot of worksheets, but with someone coming in, that's not, it was a lot of like, where the kids were still learning that that, and I left simple songs for them to teach. And that every single one of those photocopies I made when I came up to see the kids after I had my baby, they were all still laying exactly where I put them, not touched. And I went, awesome. So <laughs> with that said, <laughs> create sub plans, of course, have a plan and leave it. But honestly, what I can tell you, and I know other people have had this you know, experience too, but they're not always going to do what you leave for them to do too. Right. But the good thing is, is if you're getting a long-term sub that is a music person, they're going to be able to just carry on where you left off and you're right. not going to have to leave a lot. Just say, Hey, I kind of left off here. And then they'll be able to just, you know, kind of work out. Yeah. yeah. So when you find yeah. out if you have a music or non-musical sub, if you end up finding out, let us know, because that'll <laughs> kind of determine like. True. True. Well, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, this is a great, like, first, you know, Zoom mentorship meeting. Okay. Really appreciate it. So. Good. 
yeah, but feel free to keep asking questions and connect with others in there. And I promise no, there are no, not too many questions you can ask. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, you guys, it is 930. Oh, sorry. Let me see. Is that? Oh, hey. Hi. Oh. Um, I was just going to say, uh, my, my first year teaching, I also um, found out I was pregnant the day after I signed my contract oh, and I ended up um, with bronchitis and pneumonia. So, and on bed rest and it was awful, but I just wanted to mention, uh, take really good care of your, um, of your health because first year teachers get sick a lot. So, um, just do any precautionary, anything you can to try to prevent um, getting sick while you're pregnant because your immune system is, is compromised. Plus you're a first year teacher and you're around all these kids. So just really take care of yourself <laughs> and congratulations. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you have any advice about that? Like how do, how do you advise taking care of yourself when you're pregnant and teaching and getting all the germs from your students? <laughs> Lots of rest, lots of hand washing, um, you know, maybe not doing the high fives with the kids, kind of keeping, um, you know, hand sanitizer around. Um, let's see. I mean, I did, obviously I didn't do that well because I ended up with pneumonia, but, mm. um, you know, checking in with your doctor, taking your vitamins, um, you know, the prenatal vitamins and um, just, you know, going, going home if you're sick, not staying there and trying to push through because to please your administration you know take take the time off if you need it if you do get sick yes that is yes that's great advice i feel like like you said a lot of teachers feel guilty about taking a sick day because they're like well nobody's going to be able to do this like i can but you know what if you're there and you're sick you won't be an effective teacher that day anyways because you're not feeling well and then it's just going to get worse and that's why they provide sick days for you is so you can take care of your health and so, I mean, but sometimes, honestly, let's be real, calling in for a sub when it takes about three days just to keep calling that number, <laughs> it's like kind of a pain in the, you know, pain in the, you know what, but I love that. I mean, see, that's what I love about this because when you share your story and then someone else can usually relate to that story. So that, see, Crystal, you have resources in here and people that completely can help you out. So when did you have your baby? after when you found out your pregnant was it towards the end of the school year your first year oh it was in february oh wow so, okay yeah. <laughs> so, and I, not this school year I, I only made it halfway through um because i had so many complications and ended up on bed rest so <laughs> but but i picked it back up the next year <laughs> so. so it is possible to yeah when you come back to just, did you feel like you're restarting over or did you feel like your students kind of responded to you? Like they remembered some things you had already worked with them on. Well, I actually changed positions. I was teaching um, art and music. And then I, I switched to teaching reading for a couple of years. They brought me on at a different campus. So it was completely different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah, wow, okay. So, but yeah, that's amazing. I love that story. So everything's good now, health-wise and everything? Five now. She's going to kindergarten. Oh, well, that's another transition all in its own. <laughs> More mama emotions right there. I love that. So how are you feeling going back to school? You feeling excited. ready? Excited? Ooh, I like that. I like the excited. <laughs> awesome. Well, does anybody else have anything to share? 
before we go. I've loved these conversations. They have been amazing. And I, yeah, I'm just so grateful for all of you. And I, I just love this kind of stuff, being able to come on here and see each other or listen to each other and share your voices. And I know that it's so hard with all the different time zones because, yeah, I might, the next one, try to move it up to maybe 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So our Eastern time zone people, which some of you in here might be that. Um, so it's not so late for you. But yeah, you guys, I'm so grateful for you. And have an amazing start for your school year. Share with us in the Facebook group when you start school. How is your first week going? How did your first day go? Um, what overwhelm is starting to creep in as you get started, whether it's in your home life or in the school, you know, your school life? Things just pop up all the time that just, you know, unexpected things that just start causing overwhelm and can really cause you to feel like the snowball that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So with that said, I want you guys to have an amazing night and have an amazing start to your school year. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.